0: My next guest is Stephanie Thompson. Stephanie writes the Fearless Parenting column here at uh, Brooklyn Paper and brooklynpaper.com. You can read it every Thursday. Stephanie's been writing. Every other Thursday. Every other <laughs> Thursday. You've given me a
1: promotion. Oh. I'm now every week.
2: An on-air promotion.
0: Thank you. You see Vince. that? But no extra pay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just it's, as I would expect. It's
0: just going to be the same thing. <laughs> we, pay, we literally pay her pennies. I took her out for coffee today, and I, I heard she had to give
1: it. you a cookie.
2: Yeah, she
0: got me a cookie. I Shared. I got. Co- she got, but she got a large. So that I did.
2: Hey,
1: he's paying. Must I mean, be a good on. gig
2: if you can afford the large cookie. That's right. No,
0: it's a, it's a fantastic
2: kind.
1: A lucrative, lucrative decade that I've yeah. been here. <laughs> well, this I program. looking
2: looking across the table at Stephanie. She looks like she's living in the lap of luxury right now.
1: <laughs> People do think that about me.
0: It's it's the lap of luxury in Park Slope.
1: That's right. Park Slope fancy. Where
0: according to Stephanie Uh-oh. more writers live per capita than any place in the world. Is that true?
1: I I read that. And I you know, I do try to back up what I say with statistics. Mm-hmm. Unless I don't and, and then I tell you this is just how I feel. So
0: when you go out to like well the tea all the, everything's gone now. Where do you go for coffee nowadays?
1: Oh, that would be a very controversial question. Really? In Park <laughs> Slope, there that's are a controversial? A lot of friends of mine own cafes, and they're all good. All the cafes in Park Slope are, are good. Fantastic. These are she, not endorsements. But These are just, <laughs> places just as she goes. I can be just to found point
0: out. When we were going for coffee today, <laughs> sure, she said, "Let's go to Dizzy's." That's true. Okay, she said, "Let's Dizzy's go to Dizzy's." Is an
1: old fave, but partly that's because I saw you there once.
0: Oh, you saw me in Dizzy's, w- probably with Gersh.
1: W- with Gersh,
0: Gersh, by and it.
1: I thought, if he can have coffee with Gersh, shouldn't he really have coffee with me?
0: It would have been, it would have been nice at Dizzy's. But the <laughs> thing I love about Dizzy's are the hash browns. Oh yeah, mm. and the uh, corned beef. Uh, with corned beef hash. Oh, I love
2: corned beef hash. The oh, corned,
0: corned beef hash, the corned beef hash is fantastic, oh, and it's real good. corned beef hash. And ever since I had the corned beef hash at Dizzy's, <laughs> I cannot have corned beef hash anyplace else because every oh. place else it's like alpo. Oh, it's literally they <laughs> take the can of corned beef, you know that you get like Ditty d- 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 More or whatever yeah, it is. Sure. They yeah. take the can of corned beef. They c- they cut off the top. They kind of slide it out, and they. Slice it into This is not what Dizzy's This is everybody else does
2: This is everyone else They
0: slice it into like hash Tinsy burgers mm. you know? Oh sure It's disgusting It's <laughs> absolutely disgusting After you've had When you're a kid And your dad makes that for you It's fantastic But when you go to Dizzy's And have real corned beef hash
1: It's much better It's a whole new world The, the only, people there, there are, are very nice. I like, I like that the Alpo people cor- beef. Yeah.
0: The only place that tops it Is the hash that you can get In the mornings At Mile End if you ever oh, go to Mile sure. End, oh, yeah, and that's that Montreal make, deli. Yeah, the Montreal yeah. deli yeah. over on yeah, I think yeah. it's on or Bond. That place, which we've known since it opened, they make a hash in the morning with yesterday's like leftover um, uh, oh, smoked so meat. Yeah, 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 and it is phenomenal. Well,
2: and they also have your favorite you have um, for Canadian delicacy, poutine. Oh, oh god we
1: make so much fun of poutine because <laughs> we love canada we just love canadians Wait, is general. this you but or part my slope? family okay. oh. my family and poutine is a thing right so we'll always because they have poutine flavored everything poutine sure. chips and then poutine fries like everything's poutine poutine when we first went to canada we had no idea what it was but then we quickly glommed on how often the do idea. you go to canada as often as humanly possible. Do you just go oh to Quebec my. or Montreal? No, no. We've been all over. We've been on the West Coast. We've been to Toronto Island is one of my favorite spots. There are no. There's cars an island there. called Toronto. Toronto Island. It's, it's right not across the city. from Toronto. No. Oh, interesting. There's nothing there except for a couple of restaurants and a merry-go-round, and just houseboats and houses. People have to go into Toronto to shop. Mm-hmm. It is. Really cool. Sounds Toronto. Like the best of both worlds. It's awesome. And you see the view of the CN Tower, which is my son's favorite thing. The uh, CN Tower is the big tower in Toronto. I'm trying to, I
0: only know, you know, I only know cities in Canada through baseball teams.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I'm
0: only familiar with we Montreal and Toronto. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: If you were telling me about Ontario, Vancouver's i have no idea. fabulous. No idea. No idea. And we I confuse Vancouver with Seattle. Nova all the time.
1: Scotia. We were just in Nova Scotia last Now, is summer. that West
0: Coast or East Coast?
1: Nova Scotia. Oh no, no! (laughs) Really, didn't we talk about you Vancouver's west coast. Vancouver's west. Montreal is is east, right? Yeah. But Nova Scotia, you know, it goes along the whole of. So Nova Scotia is beyond Maine, so it's really north. North of Maine. Yeah. North. You go way up. And that's
0: where they landed all the planes at nine eleven. Did they? I don't
2: know. They made that. uh, Was that Nova Scotia? I believe I it was in Nova Scotia and there was Nova a Broadway Scotia. show Because they couldn't on get now. to America.
0: We weren't letting yeah. in. We closed the doors wow. down. Wow. Which brings Come me away. That's to my <laughs> point. We closed the doors down on 9-11. No one could Uh-oh. get in or out. closed the
2: doors. Uh-oh.
0: Which brings me to my point. Now, oh, Stephanie's no. on the show. And actually, she came to meet me for coffee today. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to talk about ways that we can get more people interested in the column. You
2: know? Okay. We want
0: people reading the column every week because she's got a lot to say.
2: Yeah, right I love time. the columns. One of Thanks. the things I love about them... Just a, on a personal level, you just touched on it is how as how much you you draw inspiration from traveling with your family. Mm-hmm. As a kid who didn't travel, I mean I traveled, but not that much. Um, y- you sort of underscore the importance of how that can be, you know, when you're raising kids.
1: I think it's so important. And so I- that proves that
0: Tony is Thank one of you, the 1,000 people that read Stephanie's <laughs> column this year. Well,
2: yes, one, <laughs> proudly one of those 1,000.
0: So we, wanna get, we wanted to get those numbers up. So I'm like, well, what can you write about? And I always say you have to write about things that are personal, and you got to take chances right? Sure. So what we learned in our conversation is at one point in her life, Stephanie was like one of these crunchy granola hippie liberals.
2: A so-called progressive?
0: (laughs) A so-called progressive, right? Did we talk about that on air already? I don't know.
2: This is the problem
0: with what we talk about. You don't know if we were on air or off air. (laughs) Everything's live. Listen, we'll do it live. So crunchy granola. Then as time goes by, she moves to Park Slope, (laughs) where she soon learns... We gotta, I mean, we got to stop people from coming into this country.
1: <laughs> but
2: there are only so many writers that can live in you know, one the, neighborhood. Well, actually,
1: I think our conversation started because I was talking about how the media contorts things, which brought me to Park Slope and the media. It's actually interesting because I think that there's a lot of... Um, you know, I, I came to New York to be a writer. I really wanted to be um, a journalist because I felt that that was a really my family, my grandfather. I mean, the news was so important to him and. What to did my your mother. grandfather?
0: Did he watch the news or? Read oh yeah, the news? he wat.
1: Well, both, 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 of course. What did I get?
0: You grew up in in the in out there.
1: In Arizona. Arizona oh, yes. Tucson, Arizona. So that's
0: like the Midwest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to some people, I yeah. guess so But it's a wild west I mean, my one of my uh, substitute teachers actually homesteaded her property I'm not sure if you know what that means I don't, I don't. That means if you live Yeah, because you're like, East it's Coast like, people It's like Airbnb <laughs> It's like if you live on your land for seven years, you own it Oh, oh, wow. Which would be, a you know, in New York, no, in it's like, it means nobody wanted them. to go there. Homesteading. No, no,
0: no. In New York, they have a name for it. It's called Squat- Squatting. Squat- yeah, squatters. yeah, Squatting. Yeah, <laughs> Squatting. Squatter's rights, baby.
1: But this was real. Like, there was land. They needed people to come out there, and, like, they'd offer you a parcel. And if you could live there and survive for seven years, it was yours. Wow. So I had a substitute teacher who did that. But that's totally I work so hard.
0: You know, I'm barely <laughs> home. And I thought two people were squatting there. Turned out to be my wife and kid. True, (laughs) it happened to me. All right, nicest squatters I've ever heard of. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So we 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 were talking about your grandfather. He like out there in Arizona. Sixty minutes. He watched sixty minutes.
1: Was like shh shh, everybody, you have to be really quiet. You know, it's coming on and. You know, we watched those, those, and those newscasters, the national news. I mean, if there was even a pin dropped around the room when my grandfather was watching, my mother's father, you know. So your inspiration to become a
0: journalist was sheer terror. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the news people were giving us what we needed. They were helping us out. You mm-hmm. know, they were telling us about the world. And frankly, we talked about travel. I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, which is, by the way, the end of the earth, seemingly, you know, and you just don't. There's not a lot else around. It's very, you know, it's not so sparse. give the popular. land away. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you're not really in the world. You know, there's not a lot going on. So the news was really how... My husband always makes this joke about this guy on Jeopardy who said, I travel the world through books. (laughs) 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 And we made fun of him mercilessly, but, and yet that was me, you know, I read a lot and I watched the news and I was desperate for information about what was going on in the world. So I guess that's why I became a journalist. But when you move to New York, people in New York think that they're talking about the world and they're really just talking about their little bubble of the world and Their perspective is pretty small and I live around the people who make the world news and my sister and I laugh about it because she moves around the country in RV parks because her husband works on the pipeline Mm -hmm. and she has a very different view of the world than I do. And yet her view a lot of the time is park slope because she watches a lot of media. And mm. so she's always hearing about Park Slope. She just can't get away from it, even if she's not talking to me. <laughs> well,
0: th- so when you say her view is Park Slope, is she, are you saying this like politically? That's what her views well, are? Well, people just, or they
1: kind of rule. It's like, you know, all you hear about like the real housewives of New York, or that's not really Park Slope. No. But
2: not yet anyway. Not
1: yet. But well, there are all these books that are coming out all the time about... Housewives in Park Slope as if they're there's a new television series exactly. that they're a, wo- always threatening a woman to make. is
2: working on that we reported on recently oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah what was that one called Tom? the yeah. TV show Park yeah. Slope Moms oh Park Slope Moms and it was yeah it, we it, did
0: a big we did a big cover we did a story on she's it she's raising yeah.
2: money now to to you know for production but um you know she's a Self-proclaimed Park Slope mom. Self-proclaimed. As, you know, I'm, did you? Uh, I've did never. Did you seen look at the borders? I haven't seen did her you? birth certificate. D- I don't know. People lie you all the time no, to get into Park
1: Slope schools, so you, you to check up on what what that. I can't believe you didn't do that research. If, if we find
0: out she's living in Winter Terrace, they'll be hell to pay. <laughs> if, if we
1: Terrace, hell to pay. <laughs> well, one of the things, one of the characters, the, the borders on have grown.
0: By the way, there's South Slope.
1: I'm South Slope. We don't recognize that neighborhood.
0: We don't recognize. It's only. It's only Park Slope. It's only Park Slope. No, when I when I started covering. The neighborhood, Park Slope basically ended, like, Park Slope proper basically ended, like, 3rd Street. Right. Like, and then it expanded to 9th Street, and <laughs> right. then it expanded to 18th Street, and yeah. now it expands to the, you know, they want it the Gowanus <laughs> Canal and everything. Every, they want they want direction. it all. They want why it all. Why is
1: that? Why do you think Park Slope thinks it's so important? I think
0: the people that live in those neighborhoods want the cachet of having the, the name Park Slope.
1: But why is it, why, I mean, I've lived there now for 16 years.
0: You're one of the lucky ones.
1: Yeah, but why I mean, you sort of look at like elitism, which is sort of I think what we were talking about earlier, but I mean like global elitism, like who's the best, you know, is it us or the Chinese or like who's who's really like winning at any given point? And I I get confused sometimes why Park Slope's winning and other places seemingly aren't. It doesn't Well, it's all that.
2: about the way it projects its own brand, right? You know, I think it I think it's Many in many ways it sees itself as the winner because it sees itself as maybe above it all two steps ahead of like the normal progressive, population. so progressive called progressive so called forward thinking. Aren't
1: we on top of the world? But we know, are, by the way, we're on the hill, some of us. Yeah,
2: so. a, it's a slope for a reason. Um, <laughs>
1: that's right.
0: But <laughs> slope that leads to the park. it's right? <laughs> pretty. No, no, it that was is the first pretty. thing I was taught. When I when I uh, sat down with my editor Diane Weber, she said, "And it's called Park Slope because it's the slope that leads up to the park."
2: Yeah, Diane.
0: Yeah, she was great.
2: Did she also <laughs> get a homestead?
1: She homesteaded <laughs> in park somewhere. Slope. I mean, uh, at one point, people homesteaded, right? right no, I mean, sure. at one point in time, people lived on land before we had lawyers and contracts. But right? going
2: back to this, like sort of international reputation, you know, I would. As a 16-year resident, how has your self-identification as a park sloper changed watching, you know, this, you know, I'll say it again, so-called progressive stance grow, become more entrenched, Mm -hmm. you know, get further, get louder and louder? Like, do you find yourself, you know, evolving the same way or are you taking a step back? Are you saying maybe this isn't necessarily all it's... Cracked up to be on the, <laughs> the, the, on the, the
1: news. The term, the term occurs to me often, you've arrived. Usually when I'm in a really foul mood and life is not looking so good, you know? But there it is. And, you know, I think part of the problem is um, people don't have time to chat. You know, I used to, and I've been accused in, in these pages of, of Brooklyn paper of flirting with baristas. Guilty as charged. I, I, I really I like to flirt because you know what that is, it's it's playful and it's having a good time. Sure. And when I um <laughs> I'll see some of my closest friends in Park Slope and they won't stop. They won't even slow their gait. They're too busy. And uh, one friend who is gone now, but <laughs> he said he used to call me a time suck. You know, he had work to do and he needed to get back to it. He was taking a smoke break and we would chat on the corner. But, you know, I go on and on. So it's a bit much. But the thing is, you know, people don't stop to chat anymore. And I think the really beautiful thing about Park Slope and why it is so popular is because it's a real community. There are boundaries. There's a park on one side. It's beautiful. There's, you know, ball fields for kids. It's it's beautiful brownstones, trees. It's idyllic, but it's not so great when people don't stop and talk, you know. And and that's a problem. So, do
0: me. you live in a house with a with a stoop?
1: I live in a in an apartment building. So, so you don't have
0: you can't sit outside on the stoop and have a beer no, and, sadly. and watch people walking by like they do in Paris.
1: Uh-huh. No,
0: no. Mm-hmm. Have you but have you experienced that? Have you walked down like when I you know. One of the things about... Now I didn't grow up in Brooklyn, but you know, knowing about growing up in Brooklyn because my parents lived here and I would stay here a lot in my grandparents' house was the whole concept of the stoop and the mm-hmm. concept of people walking by. having you know, You're sitting down in the stoop and you're having conversation. So yeah. Back in the day... Yeah. Uh, That's what the,
1: Brooklyn's famous for. Before right.
0: there was air conditioning and stuff like that. So did you ever experience that in your 16 years in the slope? <laughs> like yeah. moving?
1: Well, I have one friend who... And, uh, and has
0: that gone away?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, my one friend uh, had... Halloween and we would sit on her stoop sometimes I I do think it's uh people are inside a lot you know and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's the weather when the weather changes people start to emerge and there are some blocks for sure who are super great about it um but yeah I think people are busy they're busy you know I throw parties all the time I haven't lately but you know because people are so busy And it's for my children. I feel sad about that. I tried to start a social committee in my building recently. You'll see my name and two others on a building of 69 apartments. And, you know, I've been really pushing it for for myself, for other people, for my kids, for their kids. I see, as a parent, that a lot of kids are not faring that well in their lives. I mean, socially speaking, or just their own sort of feelings about themselves. Because there's just not enough sharing. There's not enough community. And I find that to be um, really disheartening.
0: So why are people in Park Slope so busy?
1: So expensive. (laughs) Oh, that's
0: it. They just got to keep money.
1: Yeah. They just keep
0: beating on. Yeah, I think, you know, it's one of the things
1: I've talked to. Born uh, back
0: ceaselessly into the past.
1: Yeah. Our city councilman, actually, I addressed that with him because a local restaurant had to close. It was a real community hub. Hmm, Which one was that? um, Scalino. Okay, Scalino
2: and Barn, <laughs> and oh, no, it, was, it was it was great. They split up too, but yeah.
1: <laughs> but they um, the rent just the the landlord decided to raise rents just exorbitantly. It's still not rented. Probably like a year later, my son on on his birthday, yeah. I said, "Where do you want to go?" He said, "Scalino," and for a second I went, oh. oh, oh. No, can't do that." Yeah,
0: I can never understand why that happens. Like, how can someone would rather not have anyone in the apartment in the uh, in the the the, the, the storefront. Yeah.
1: Taxes. They get a tax break. Do they get a tax yeah, break? Yeah, absolutely. A fa- for a so wait, you know about this? Because oh. this is something we've looked into
0: in the past. Yeah.
1: yeah, actually, Brad Lander, after my comment to him, and I don't know if one led to the other, but I asked him what we could do about these, you know, when our local businesses that support the community are shut down, that we have to do something. So he put some things on the books it, how about, can it
0: be possible? I, I'd like to get back to that, but how can it be possible that closing the rest or, or, or you know not coming to an agreement for yeah. a new for a new lease, not giving them the money they want? How can it be possible that they can make more money by not having anyone in there? That makes no sense mm. whatsoever. Is that what you're telling me?
1: You know, I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna give this exact numbers because I haven't looked at the statistics, but I've been told that that is a reason. There are a variety of reasons where someone with a lot of real estate holdings will throw one, you know, throw one so that it's a loss. So they have a loss. So they have a loss. Mm -hmm. So that, and it's an extreme loss because they jack up the rent first, right? right? right. So they jack up the rent. They say what they're losing is not what they were getting. Uh They're losing what they want to get, which is like double what they were getting. That's a big loss.
0: Ah. You see, now it all you starts see? to make yeah. sense. It yeah. Now, but I believe you look
1: at the financials of that, and the, uh, our local uh, politicians have to address that. That's something it's that real BS. That's something that
0: is that's very interesting to me because small businesses with the new Trump tax laws, from what I'm hearing, in the past, if you had a small business and you were actually losing money with that small business, there was a tax benefit to that. Right. But now with the new Trump tax laws, that that might not be the case. Great. Mm. You know, love Trump. You see. Now that's the point I was Wait originally trying to make. This so is this Stephanie is a Park Thompson,
2: slope <laughs> resident of sixteen years,
0: and this is what happened. I said she was crunchy granola. She was voting. She voted for Jimmy Carter when she was eight. Oh
1: my! I love Jimmy. Right? She, she voted for Jimmy when Carter when she was
0: eight, and now she's all in on Trump. I can't believe it, but that's the headline. But
1: Jimmy was a good Christian.
0: He was. There's,
1: there's no doubt about He's that. He's a good guy. That
0: doesn't make him a bad guy. <laughs> So how did you Jews become? can be good too. How did you? How did you become? I'm just going to disregard that. I'm going <laughs> yeah. stri- to strike that from the record. I am. How did you become a, a Trump supporter? That's what I want. I'm know. not a Trump supporter. That's not what in you actuality. told me before the show started. I, my sister
1: said I should start a podcast called The Other Side because I always take the other side. But I actually she's a
2: contrarian.
1: I am a little bit, but except you know what I am. I, I am someone who wants um, solutions to problems. And I think that um, we've gotten very entrenched, we, and I say we because I'm aligned in solidarity with my neighbors, we have gotten very entrenched in these ideas of what is going to work. We're all very entrenched. And when I, I I, I should be very fair. Everybody's dug in. in. Their heels are dug in. Right. And it's really dangerous. You know, I think that's really dangerous. And I think that people don't stop and think um, enough about what they think because it's sort of like it's in the water, right, where you're from and, and who's around you. And and I think that Trump has really stirred things up. And for that, I I appreciate what has happened in the world since he came on the scene. First of all, it's we're all complicit in his winning because we... I didn't watch the show, I will say. But a lot of people, including my lovely neighbors in Park Slope, watched his show and they thought it was so funny how nasty he was to people. It's harmless, it's entertainment, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Except
1: that entertainment made him very popular. And he has big gold towers that he owns and big boobed women who he sleeps with. And that's all very cool. I mean, you know, in other countries... That's what they want. That's why they come and here. And many people here. Yeah. Well, and yeah, but I'm saying that's that what, what we, that's our for. draw, exactly. That's America. Right. Right? So we we got what who we are. We got our representative. He represents us, you know? And I, I think that that's something we all have to think about, all of us. But
0: something ultimately you're happy about.
1: I wouldn't say I'm happy about that because I think it's, um, a lot of the principles on which he won were um, self-centered, self-motivated rather than communal. I don't necessarily think that Trump has, I mean, maybe in his heart of hearts, I'd like to believe that he has a heart of gold and that some of this is uh bluster um, to make us think that's on my good days about him. I think that it's like, you know, when you're fighting with your spouse and, you try to think the best you try to hope for good intentions and uh you know once upon a time i think supposedly he was a democrat yeah, and I was mean, friends oh, with it's a lot been of Democrats. documented yeah. in
2: financial donations and everything i mean i think one interesting thing about about trump and with regard to park slope and a point you kind of made when explaining your appreciation for where he is now is that it's, he's sort of holding a mirror up to these progressive exactly. Park Slopers who, you know, champion themselves as equal and and uh, inclusive and all of these wonderful so things, but then are so quick to lash out at their neighbors who maybe actually support him, you know? And, and I think the sign of a true progressive is being willing to listen to everybody, to talk to everybody. And maybe 100%. Park Slope became so obsessed with itself that it forgot that integral component of being, you know, a vanguard of social change at a neighborhood level and started to become exclusive. And, and, and so now, like, you know, he's, he's forcing Park Slope to take a good look at itself and really redefine whether it is what it says it is. My
1: neighbors looked very, very scared after he won. They were very, very scared. And you know what? It is scary. Change is scary. But you know what? I have to say that um, if anything is going to get better, I mean, I I, I do a program in the projects in Bed-Stuy, and um, those children were um, uh, in trouble, let's say, disadvantaged and traumatized uh, under the uh, Obama administration. Um, so I wasn't feeling like a change in education was going to be a bad thing because under a very Democrat, very liberal, very lovely man, looks great in a bathing suit, all those Facebook photos that (laughs) came out after the election of Trump, I, I mean, I, there were a lot of poor children that were not taken care of under that administration. A lot of bombs were dropped, a lot of immigrants were deported and, uh, and I think that we just need to look at ourselves a little bit more on what we're doing to, to fix the problem, rather than just always blaming the guy at the top, who my husband quotes uh, Bush, the second Bush, as saying he was surprised. The one thing that surprised him the most about being president was really how little he could accomplish. I mean, our checks and balances system is pretty good. So I think blaming the top and spending all this time talking about Trump is pretty um, ignorant, actually.
2: I think that it's a powerful assessment from a very fearless parent.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have Tony here. That's the whole reason.
1: Thank you, Tony. I can't do I the. Sh- I cannot it. do the
0: show by myself. <laughs> I need to have that kind of insight, that kind of tough <laughs> questioning, that only he can provide. I mean, it's really fantastic.
1: Some and of
2: it's tough. Some of it's fluff. And the little, the little, the little
0: fluff nabs. Sometimes good. There.
1: Sometimes we need fluff. You need a you mix. No, I get. Up. I get a little serious. You so, need a mix
2: it. But
0: do you think Park Slopers are the way uh, Tony just described them as? Uh, basically not seeing the forest for the trees, so to speak?
1: Well, I I think that, you know, we have to take a moment out and not single out Park Slope because I think Park Slope has become the beacon of this problem. But, you know, I went on The View with my mom. I wasn't on the stage. I was in the audience. (laughs) But my mom loves The View, and so I I really, you know, I, I went all out and got her into the audience of The View. And I was lucky enough to get to ask a question. I was the very last question. The whole show is all about Trump. I mean, just everything, every cue card they read from is all about Trump. And at one point at the beginning of the show, the the guy who's the comedian who gets everybody all psyched up to clap during the, um, you know, when they come back from commercial, which is constantly, they um, he asked the audience, how many of you are Democrats? And there was like wild applause. And then he said, and how many of you are Republicans? And there was like a, so my question... Was that your h- mother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my mom. Okay. No, it was me, actually. I was a little <laughs> hesitant. No, it was, uh, <laughs>
2: what? Oh, She doesn't host anymore, Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Oh, yeah, no. She was staunch.
1: But the thing is about it is that I said to them, you know, this is great, the show's great, you're trying to change things, and I really appreciate that. But if all of your viewing audience is Democrat, then w- w- aren't you kind of preaching to the choir and Mm -hmm. how exactly that's
0: that's the expression they use. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And aren't we, how are we going to change the fact that there are major divides among people in this country? If you were just talking to one group of people angrily about Trump, like I don't, I don't really understand. Whoopi actually started paying attention and it wasn't televised. So she could just say whatever she wanted. She acknowledged, I mean, it's a problem. I mean, it's a real problem because the media is usually, who's listening? I mean, I don't know if your audience is Democrat or Republican or a mix. But, I mean, I think it's really important that the media, I mean, we're all just listening to things we already agree with. And so, it's not just Park Slope that's like that. It's like every three miles in this country, in New York every three blocks, there are little pockets of people who never see outside their little...
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, and regularly, I think every week we meet in our uh, with our reporters and the conversation ultimately turns to the death of popular culture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there A is no such thing are, yeah. as popular culture anymore because of the phenomenon that you just articulated where everybody can just go to their source yeah. and live in in that world. Oh, yeah. They're not forced to confront
1: Exactly, and they don't
2: seek it out, which I think is worse. They're not encouraged to seek out other opinions no, exactly. necessarily. So, well,
0: yeah. How do we make the world a better place? What can we do here at the <laughs> Brooklyn Paper and on Brooklyn Paper Radio that's going to call out to those that don't necessarily agree with the opinions and accounts of this game without the express written consent of Major League Baseball? <laughs> how c- how can we reach out to those people? What's the answer, Stephanie?
1: Oh gosh, come to my drum circle tonight. 5 to 6 on Tuesday evenings at uh, Ellie Herman Pilates' studio on 4th Street in Park Slope. I really, I I have this grand idea of of, um, playing music together and gathering in circles and chatting about things all ages. I think we're not talking to each other, and I think it's a real problem. And sometimes music can soften things. You know, I talk too much and I scare people. And so sometimes I just have to play music instead. And it's something, historically speaking, everybody played music. Now, mostly we're passive listeners and there are a few elite folks who get to play to us. But I feel like rhythm is is the answer. And we need to get in sync with one another. And to do that, we really, we need to play together. You know, all of us. Different people.
0: Now, Uh, does that include online?
1: Playing online? Yeah. I mean, so many people are online that that is definitely necessary. I think there's so much anger online that people shy away. I mean, I had a great conversation with a Trump supporter on my uh, Facebook feed and I kind of, um, instead of ignoring her or yelling at her or telling her she was stupid, I told her how smart she was and that the, f- the little pictorials she'd put on about Hispanics you know, and how they should leave our country was extremely insulting. And uh, and I happened to know some facts about her family and who they employ and for how much and immigrants versus not. And I kind of called her on it. And I think the reality versus the, like, ideal of a viewpoint, you know, it's one thing. You know, that's why I can see both sides. I I can see that immigration is a problem and that when people come to this country with other viewpoints that are dangerous to us or that we don't like, we need more of an education to teach American values and what does an American look like? What are our values? What, What do we believe in? What do we support? And how do we teach our children kindness and connection and how to communicate? Those are really important things.
0: So who do we have to keep out?
1: We don't have to keep anybody out. They just need to conform to our will. And our will is giving and uh, generous. And, you know, the things that we were built on, that lady who towers over this city, you know. (laughs) That's the Statue of Liberty, too. She's talking about the Statue of
2: Liberty. uh, We're welcoming.
1: We're about welcoming people with a smile and a handshake. And, you know, and and getting along together, not any one sort of way ruling. And I, I think money, money is ruling, and greed is ruling, and I, I don't like it. You um, know,
0: is greed is that ever going to change? You know,
1: mm. you know I, I would say not, but, but I think
0: isn't that just a fantasy?
1: I mean, it's why I support capitalism. In like, you know, I, I'm at my heart. Sort of probably a socialist in terms of like everybody should have what they need.
0: Socialist for Trump.
1: <laughs> oh my God, it's that my sounds new club. more Park Slope. I've never had a club <laughs> that was just suited me so well mm-hmm. as that one. Socialist for Trump. That's good. Yeah, but I mean, capitalism is the right-ism because it it reflects human nature. But you know, human nature, unbridled capitalism is a little scary and. So we just need to... Well, the know. end
0: game for capitalism is one company that runs everything. That's the end game.
2: Yeah, the Trump organization. <laughs> there you go. With the big T. The big T. And the I, gold
0: buildings. I would also buildings. just big like boobs.
2: <laughs> to note that what this paper, what people can do, is is also read Stephanie's column. Yeah, because exactly. I, I have a sense she's going to be confronting readers with things maybe they don't want to hear or face, but maybe they should because it will open their mind or cause them to think in a different way. So read it online and in print.
1: Thank you.
0: All right. (laughs) As I wink over at uh, Johnny or Jimmy to play the music, to play us out, I want to thank Stephanie Thompson for coming on today, telling us all about her fearless lifestyle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Takes a lot of courage.
0: Her love of Trump. And her hatred of her neighbors in Park
2: Slope.
1: I don't hate anybody. (laughs) But her love (laughs) of baristas. (laughs) Well, only if they're nice. If they're not playful, I'm not a fan.
2: And
0: I want to thank Ben uh, Richardson of the Block 80 Flatbush organization for coming on earlier today. Tony Riturno, my producer Johnny. And we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. On Brooklyn Paper Radio. Take care.
1: Thanks for having me.